Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am really excited to have Kathy as a guest with me here today. And Kathy is a co-host of Getting Back to Zero, which is a show that is live streamed on Facebook that I actually had the pleasure of being a guest on last week. So if you haven't seen that show, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And Kathy is also, she's a high school guidance counselor by day, but she is kind of dubbed the sobriety connector um, in that she's always connecting and learning and researching about what's going on in the sober world and connecting people around the world. So welcome, Kathy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here, Alex. I really appreciate you and all the work you're doing. Oh, I appreciate you too. (laughs) So let's get started. I was wondering if you could give me a little bit of background information on you, like tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, your work and your interests, all that stuff. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. So I hail from Cleveland, Ohio in the States, as I always say. And um, so I... You know, I always start off with I am the mother of two. I have two college-age students. And as you said, I am a high school guidance counselor by day. I have been sober for almost two years now. And, you know, that was after many years of practice uh, of trying to get there. And I am so grateful for my, I call my life the soberful life now. But it took me a long time to, to get there. I was definitely, if you had a face of the mommy wine culture, that was me. And I really, I got divorced about 12 years ago and that the Chardonnay with ice, what, um, cause I kept it classy was, um, my, it became my liquid courage for everything. I, I, because I didn't know how to function or I chose to not know how to function when I got divorced. So, you know, about three years ago, my, one of my children uh, and my children said to me enough, you know, mom. And I really, you know, there wasn't this rock bottom or anything like that, but my children had just said, you, you've done a lot of damage to us. And that was devastating for me because I really didn't, I was so disconnected from myself and my body, my, in my mind, and I'm a guidance counselor. I never thought that I was that bad. Uh, you know, I, I still thought in a lot of ways I was mother of the year, um, but I wasn't fooling anyone, you know, and it, it's three years ago, they, they said enough and it took me a, a year of controlling it. Um, and I got exhausted with myself. And so on July 21st, 2019, had my last bottle. I just said, I often say it was like the movie Forrest Gump. I just, when Forrest stops running and says, I'm going to go home now, I just, I did the same thing. I put the bottle down and said, I'm going to go home now. And for the first eight months, so that was, so July 22nd, I always say is my sobriety date. For the first eight months, I did a Kathy plan because I lived so much in shame. I did not want to talk to anybody because, you know, I really believed it was willpower. Uh, And again, this is why I do my recovery out loud, because if I believed these things as a guidance counselor, which I, you know, I think my, my role is education and mental health, you know, and so if I didn't know any better, 
I just believe that I, I need to help others. And so for the first eight months, Alex, I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. Um, I really lived in darkness and shame and just thought you need to, I, I literally understand the term white knuckling because I just, just, just plowed through it. I made a Kathy plan, which is never a good idea. I, uh, I didn't seek medical help. Well, I hired an acupuncturist um, and I, I hired a therapist that, uh, you know, I found that didn't like sobriety groups or didn't like AA because I had this thing in my head about AA. Like I was like, right. no, that's for those people. I didn't hit this rock bottom. I joined a meditation group and actually got certified in mindfulness, but it was all like individuals. So everything I did was nothing in community. I, it was of all isolation and I didn't talk to anybody about like what was really going on. And the only thing that I did do was I, I was researching a lot on motivational speakers and spiritual people. So Gabby Bernstein and uh, Wayne that. Dyer, you know, became my thing. I'm, I remember like being in this darkness, but listening to them to and from work. And so, you know, that the universe was watching out for me because that those were the moments that, you know, were, were getting me through. And I even had a plan that I was going to go live on the other side of the world. And when my daughter graduated, it, my daughter was graduating that year and I was going to go I live in, on the other side side of the world and take a, a job in education. So these were, so I was going to have a huge geographical cure on top of everything else. Then, then the shutdown happened. And I had one thing that I had done is I had joined a online Facebook community with Michelle Smith, who runs recovery um, is the new black. And I was just kind of curious towards it, never weighed in on it, but I must've somehow some way found Laura McCowan who wrote, we are the luckiest on there, like, and sign up for her emails. She came out in March, right after the pandemic, she was supposed to be on a book tour and said, Hey, I'm going to have free online classes or not classes, book tour things for anybody that's interested. And I remember my son had come home from college. He was studying in Scotland and he was going to be online doing something. And I thought, let me just listen to this because I could tell that I was kind of scaring him. Like I was really just so negative. So, and he would just, like he said to me at one point, mom, mom, why don't, why aren't any of the blinds open? We have an aversion to, to light nowadays, which is so exactly where I was mentally and physically at that point. And he came in and like opened all my blinds and was like, we need to let some light in here, mama. And I got online with Laura's first class and I, or not class, I keep calling it that, but book tour session that I went to and I sobbed. Here is a professional woman who literally was telling, I keep using that word, was telling my story and all these people were weighing in, telling my story. And I just was in shock. And I just kept coming back. She was having for, she had for a month, just free sessions every night, sometimes two times a day. She had all these amazing speakers and was talking about the science behind things. And I just couldn't get enough. I felt like somebody was pouring water into me and I was so dehydrated. And people would talk about AA in a beautiful way. So I actually 
joined a Zoom AA meeting and they joke in my one women's group, they were like, they always remember me getting on and my room being dark, my hood being up. And they were like, if Kathy could have crawled into the wall and didn't want to be seen in a meeting, that was like the version of like, I just didn't want, I didn't even want to admit that I was there. Laura eventually started um, from her grassroots, the luckiest club. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a sponsor in AA. So I was doing both. And Laura was also um, having some courses um, for women specifically that I joined. It took me three months to say one word because I was, I was just talking to a friend who speaks many, many languages. He's one of my best friends. I was just on his podcast. And I said, it was to me like going to a foreign, foreign land. I was so befuddled. I was so, I didn't, I didn't have words for what I was. And I will never forget the first meeting I spoke at was there, um, Emily Paulson, who has written many books and has been I'm really on the forefront of talking about mommy wine culture. She spoke about the term shape-shifting. And I sobbed and I got on and said, I always just thought I was the biggest fraud. I always thought I was just the biggest liar. I did not know that there was a psychological term for what I was going through. And I'm a guidance counselor. And I joked that, that it's Emily's fault that I haven't shut up since. And so I got on and I sobbed a lot because I did a lot of damage with my children. And I got on and I remember, let, you know, people say to me now, like, I'm so joyful. But I'm sure when people would be like, here comes that, that woman who's sobbing again. That's all I did for, for all my sure a good, a good summer. And eventually, you know, I just kept going through the pain, going through the pain and I went through all the steps in AA and I just felt the healing and I felt the shift. And, you know, I, I can't say that things are a thousand percent better with my children, but they're melting, you know, and I just show up every day. What has happened about 18 months in, and you alluded to it, um, Jeff Graham, who started getting back to zero, invited me on as a guest, like we invited you. And it was the first time, I mean, I had told my stories within the rooms of A and in the rooms of the Luckiest Club or in, in different other communities I was in. But Jeff's show is public. And I hadn't really, you know, I shut out my world. Like I shut out family, friends, you know, that were not part of a sobriety world. And Jeff asked me to do it. And it was funny because I, I am typically an anxious person. And I got on, I slept the night before and I got on and I just spoke my truth. And afterwards I wasn't, I didn't have a vulnerability hangover. And all I got was love from people who, you know, were in my life that said, Kathy, I had no idea, you know, what you had been going through. And, you know, I, I got love from the community. I got love from all over and it it shifted me in a way like it, it because I had been really hiding and not talking about my sobriety and this opened up a world of, I had so many women reach out to me and say, you know, maybe I need help. Maybe I should be curious. Maybe, you know, like, thank you for sharing your story. I was shocked. Like I couldn't believe that my words influenced somebody else's and from that, it just opened up a world of, you know, working with Jeff and, you know, being a co-host on a lot of things and, you know, starting Sober Approved. And I mean, 
I'm traveling all over the world meeting people like you. And it's so funny because I'm being so brave. Like I will just like kind of how I reached out to you, Alex, I will reach out to anyone and say, Hey, tell me about yourself. I'll, I'll set up a meeting. And I've, I've done it with like, you know, authors, with musicians, with tell me about yourself. Tell me about like, would you want to be on the show? I love your journey and how you've influenced me. And it's just led to the most amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm a rep now for an alcohol-free company. I'm leading a trip to Bali next summer um, with Sober Journeys. I'm doing all these amazing things. But, you know, I had to, I look back on my life and I am the youngest of seven children. I went to seven different schools and I just didn't know who I was. And so I started running away at the age of 22 when my father died is what I realized. And I just kept running. And a lot of my issues, I've done some trauma work now as well, came from money. And I I did a trauma class with Jeff with a guy named Paul McNamara, and it's post-traumatic winning. And he's actually a soldier. He's been a soldier in the American military. And he, you know, he says, yes, I've been shot out, but I've also had family issues. And trauma is trauma is trauma. There is no big trauma. There is no little trauma. Trauma is trauma. And I just really like, I couldn't believe how much the money thing was what I was really at the root of me drinking at and and a lot of my psychological issues as well. You know, so I've just worked through so much and I just love how, you know, when I, I figured out that, that financial trauma piece and I've talked to so many women again, they're Mm -hmm. like, wow. I've never thought about it in being in that aspect before, you know, and because I was worried about the image and I was worried about where my kids went and all those things that that rippled down into my children. So, you know, the reason I live my recovery out loud is for one person out there to know that they're not alone, that this is, you know, I was addicted to an addictive substance. I was part of the mommy culture who could go out and have wine with you, but I would go home and make sure that I had plenty of wine at home and drink myself to sleep. I did all those things. And by the end, I had, I had so many lines that I blurred by the end. And, you know, if, if there were safe spaces or if I had heard people talk about this, I may have let this soak in more. Michelle Smith was one of, I had her on because of the recovery of the new black and she was such a big influence on me. I had her on as my mother's day guest on the show and her parting words were, I said, you know, what, what wisdom would you, you know, say to somebody who's new? And she was like, plug in good, you know, put in the podcast, put in the thing. She said, you know, like I've watched like, like the world's greatest loser, like the show where you're losing weight. She was like eating pizza, you know? And she was like, but eventually you get healthy. Same thing. Just keep plugging in the good Mm -hmm. and keep practicing. And so I steal those phrases, you know, Um, I don't think anything I ever say is, is really original, but I also just like to show that I'm living a sober full life. I am like, traveling all over the world daily via Zoom. I am having a flipping blast every day and I'm showing, you know, I can't change what I have done to my kids. But all I can do is show up every day and show them I made a mistake and, but I was addicted to an addictive substance, but I'm also here to make a change to the world and to myself. Mostly, you know, the most important thing is I'm taking care of myself and I lean in every day to 
you know, I have morning routines. Um, I have routines and now I have found your community that has taken me to a whole nother level that I have needed. And I just keep digging for what else is there in this world that I can help make better for myself. And if it's making better for me, I bet I'm not alone. And sharing that as I go along, that's a lot of what I call my sobriety connector because every time something is revealed to me, I want the world to know about it too, because maybe it will help them, even though it will strike their soul in a different way than it struck mine even. And so I'm just so grateful that I wouldn't say I'm grateful that my children had to go through this, but I'm grateful for everything I have now. And it's so interesting. About two months ago is when the financial thing really hit me that, that that was a big thing. And I met a friend that I hadn't seen in a couple of years and we met in the same place that we met three years ago. And I got out of my car and when I got there and I'm like, I had this moment, like I've been here before, like what is going on? And I had to laugh because three years ago, I had just put down the bottle for this first time and I was so shaky. And I was like, please don't drink because we were meeting like at a restaurant bar. I was broke. I had no money. I was, my car was falling apart. Everything was just a disaster. My children weren't talking to me. That's when they had said, we can't, you're a monster. We can't be around you. And here I was three years later, brand new car, you know, like didn't worry about getting gas home. There was no way drinking was even going to occur to me. Nothing had changed on the outside, really. You know, I'm living in the same place. I have the same children. Everything is different on the inside. Everything. It is a total, like, makeover. Has it been easy? Hell no. But what I would say is don't do it alone. Don't do the Kathy plan at all. That was a that was just bad. For eight months, I mean, I don't know how I didn't go back yeah. out. And I haven't left Cleveland, Ohio. You know, I was going to move. I was supposed to, you know, be moving. And I'm so happy where I am. And I'm so grateful for all my friends around the world like you. Wow. That is so, honestly, I got shivers hearing your story. Like it's just so um, inspiring to hear how you turned your life around. And there's so many things that you mentioned there that just resonated with me. I wanted to ask you first, what is shape-shifting? I've heard this term before. I don't know what so it means. So funny. I had never heard of it either. And so a lot of people ask me that. I usually give the definition, but I was on a roll. So basically, whenever you're in a room or a situation, you just say that you agree to the situation. And I, the, the, there's always the, the one movie, I forget what her name is. I'm bad with actresses, but where she's like, engaged to a bunch of different men. And he's like, I like my eggs this way. She was like, me too. I like my eggs this way. Me too. That was me. It was like when I'd be in a room and people would be like, oh, I love, you know, I love rap music. Oh yeah, me too. I don't like rap music. You know, like, and and it's just like, I would just go along with the crowd because I was raised not to, you know, be seen that way, you know? And, you know, and I, you know, I should mention, I didn't come from a drinking family, you know, that, you know, it wasn't like a big, thing in my family. So, you know, I felt shame towards my family too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we weren't raised in this, like, you know, people talk, you know, people would talk about stories and, you know, and the other thing I would say too is, you know, so that's what shape shifting is. But as far as like AA and, you know, I am in AA, I am in Laura McCallum's group. I'm in several Mm -hmm. other groups. Do what works for you. You know, I am a hybrid, you know, I love AA now, but it took me a long time to get there and I love my community there. But if that scares you, 
But the beauty is that there's Zoom for most of this nowadays. And that's where my safety is at first on a lot of things. And so, you know, it, you don't have to do AA. You don't have to just do one way. And you are proof yeah. of that. You know, like I, that's what I love about you, Alex, is you're another way for people to say, well, I wouldn't really like embrace that way. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, there's no right or wrong way. Are you sober? Are you getting sober? And I don't think of it as extreme. You know, I used to be such an extreme, like either you're doing it or you're not, you know, you're failing or you're, or, or you're succeeding. You know, you don't just wake up one day, and, you know, like there's, it's not, oh, I fell. Oh, I slipped. It's okay. Like, what did I learn? If you just treat it as I'm curious, I would have had a whole different approach, but shape shifting, you know, that's how I understand it. And I just, you know, with going to seven different schools, with being one of seven children. Yeah. And because somebody said to me when I put down the bottle, they said, oh, it's good to have you back. And that ticked me off. And I like, I couldn't figure out for the longest time why I was raged by that statement. Well, it's because I was never there. Mm -hmm. I never saw my worth. I never saw my worth until now. I didn't know what worth was. I put worth in other people. I was attached to other people, but I didn't know who Kathy was on the inside. So, you know, shape-shifting to me is just molding yourself into what other people are. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes so much sense to me because I feel like when I was drinking, that was a little bit of who I was. Like I, you know, I look back on my drinking towards the end of my drinking days, the type of people that I was hanging out with. Like I would find myself in a room where we would just be, gossiping and judging and talking about our hair and our nails. And I, and I look back and I'm like, who was that? Who was that person? Right. You want to know something else? Actually, this is crazy. When I was moving out of my whole department, I had a TV there. I don't watch TV. Never. I just don't, I don't know. It's, I just never had a TV since I moved out of my, my parents' house. The people I was hanging out with in the last year of my partying days really wanted to like get together and watch The Bachelor and both of them had husbands. So they needed a house with a TV of where single girls could get together to watch The Bachelor. And I literally went out and bought a TV for them. Wow. And so I was- Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And so I had this TV and I was moving out of the apartment and I was like, what am I doing with this? I have not turned this on since I got so (laughs) <laughs> and if I do want to watch a movie, which is rare, I just put it on my computer and lie in bed. You know, like I never, ever use that. TV. <laughs> okay. I'm blown away because yeah. I was the same way. I've never had a TV. Like in my, really? in my old house, I had one in the basement for the kids, but I wanted my upstairs. Like, I just don't like, I just didn't like it. And I was dating a guy and he was like, how do you not have a TV? And I'm like, I just don't like, it was the same thing. I'll watch it on my computer. If I watch something. I went out and bought a TV and I have a TV and I do, I I will say Netflix, you know, a little too much now. I should just get rid of it again. But I, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like we could do a survey of like, what did you buy that you don't, you know, like I I was like, I literally was like, why I don't need that. I, why would I spend money on that? And he was like, everyone needs a TV and And my kids were, you know, off of college or whatever. And I went out and bought a TV and I just laugh. I'm like, so I totally resonate with that story. And like, there were things he wanted to do that. I was like, sure, I'll get that. And I look around my place now and I'm like, why? Why were we doing that? So I totally get it. Yeah. 
Wow. Oh my God. I can't believe you also bought a TV. That's We're going to share that bond forever. <laughs> TV bond, you know, now I want to get rid of my TV because I started like watching Netflix at night and I'm like, no, this is not, this is why you don't have one, you know? So, and it's funny, the morning habits. I I mean, I was never a morning person and now I, you know, I have to get up early. I have all these habits. The one thing like I, and I didn't, I was mad. I didn't ask you this question on the show because I ask everybody else. I, I, uh, the one thing I still refuse to do is make my bed. And so I've been doing, I I joke that I do research. I'm like, Alex, do you make your bed? (laughs) You know what? It's a very, very recent thing. I wasn't doing it. You know why I started doing it? Actually, I'll tell you why. Um, Because in my old apartment, I was filming my yoga classes from my bedroom. (laughs) See, that makes logical sense. I mean, I said, when people come over, you have to walk past my bedroom to to go to the bathroom. So that's when I make my bed. Uh, Because I don't want to be a teenager and like close my door. But other than that, I saw no reason for it. And so it's a thing. I research in sobriety. I'm like, do you or do you not make your bed? It's it, it's become my thing, my question. It's I've recently honestly started doing it. Um, and I'm actually, I've just gotten better on all my habits. And I think it was partially the, the bed making thing started because of filming yoga classes. But now that I've kind of, I've, I'm not teaching anymore. I just have more time around the house and like I'm working here. So I have a bit more, I'm more focused on it, but it took me a long, you know, I'm two and a half years sober, probably only started making the bed like halfway through my sobriety. So <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm a little over two years. So it time. might start happening. I made it the other day. I should have taken a picture. Like, I keep win. saying I should go live from my bedroom because then maybe I will be forced to, to do this, but I just refuse. Yeah. Well, so there's my, see, bed. there you go. There you, <laughs> you did. It looks beautiful. It does. It does. So <laughs> I, it's just funny. The things that like, so, you know, it's become like, I don't know, like the TV, the, the conversations of the hilarious things we can see in our, in our ourselves now, you know, and yeah. that's the beauty of this. And, and I just love, it's the simple things like that, that we connect on that, you know, it, like sometimes, you know, we, we have the deep crap that we've gone through, no doubt, but it's the simple things like bed making and TV that are really important at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. And what you said before about just kind of like you went through your sobriety alone for eight months, which is mind blowing. Um, yeah. That's hard. I was alone in my sobriety for about seven days <laughs> oh. and it was so hard. Oh my God. And then I joined one year, no beer and one year, no beer was great because it was, it was a virtual community, but it was all Facebook. You know, I had never been face to face with people in a room talking about my sobriety. And I remember the first time I was in a room having like talking about it. And it was when I went to meet my yoga teacher who I told, I talked about him on the podcast, Rolf Gates. Yeah. I love him. And I went to a yoga teacher training with him and it wasn't a room full of, you know, people that had been struggling with their drinking, but you know, he had, and he was openly talking about it. And it was the first time that I spoke in a room about my sober journey too. And like being in a space with other people that get what you've been through, like it is powerful. It is so powerful. It is. And it's just, I, I realized that I had felt alone all my life. And I think that's why I was so ticked off when somebody said, oh, it's good to have you back. Because I'm like, what, what's back? You know, and to me, that would be the old Kathy of saying yes to you or whatever. And I, you know, and just to be with people who, who say, oh, yeah, like I never felt like I fit in or I had, you know, or if I did, I felt like I had imposter syndrome, you know, like, I, you know, that I, I wasn't, you know, 
I just never felt like I, I, I was comfortable within my own. But, you know, I have to say, like, your yoga class, I just thought of this, is the first time I'm doing yoga um, sober. And I just, this is like such an epiphany for me right now, but I used that whole breathing thing was so the mind thing I loved, you know, but the breathing thing, I felt like I was suffocating when I was doing it, when I was drinking. And now it's like, ah, oh, I just feel so at home when I do yoga yeah. with you, with you now, you know, it's just, it's beautiful. It really is. You, you're, you're such a gift to me and taking my sobriety to a whole new level that, it's all, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago and it was funny. I got quoted. I was like, I don't know how I got to this life that I have now. I never knew I wanted what I have now and I would never give it back. But I love, you know, I who knew like this is what I wanted and this is everything I ever wanted. And I can't even imagine a year from now, like or a day from now, because it's so amazing. And I just love it. Oh, it's so that's so amazing. And it's so amazing to have you part of our community. Um, and I'm just so grateful for like, for how much appreciation you show for, for the community. It's just, it feels like we're meant to meet, you know, like, I we, know I really, you know, I mean, it's again, you're a person I never knew I needed in my life. Yeah. And I came across you and people can say whatever they want about social media. I mean, I'm going to be 50 this year. And I have met my best of friends in this yeah. world on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And I, I stand by it. You know, I use it for the positives. You can use it. You can use anything yes. for the positive or negative is how I look at this. And I just love, like, I, you know, you, I don't even know what I came across that you were doing, but I was like, I wanted to get back into yoga and I was so afraid of it. And even as we're speaking, it's because the breathing, it used to hurt. It used to hurt. And now it's like, oh, I can't wait for, you know, to, to do this. And so, but the community and what you have created, I, and again, I feel like I, I researched this a lot. I've seen nothing like it. And I, I'm just so, so grateful to be part of this international community that is on a level with me and, you, you come at, you know, it reminds me of, you know, Laura says this, AA says it, you come as you are yeah. and, and take what you can. And that's the sobriety part of it. But you're, you've taken it and also say it in yoga. And that is just, again, so freeing to me to, to be that like that. And I feel very safe in your community. And I, I say that to you over and over again, I feel safe when I arrive on the yoga mat with you uh, safe and sober, you know, and, and it's just beautiful. Oh, thank you, Kathy. So tell me thank about you. your work with like sober approved and getting back to zero. Um, like yeah. what is your kind of vision for, for all of that? It's hilarious. I have none. That is the one where, and that is not like, especially the old me, it would be like, I need to give you a 10 point PowerPoint of my plan, <laughs> blah, 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 you know? And my goal is to connect people, you know, like with, with Jeff, with, with getting back to zero, to, you know, the whole goal of getting back to zero is bringing people on from all, we want to represent all walks of life, you know, whatever, whether it's rock bottom, not rock bottom, in sobriety. Some people have been sober for many years, not many years. Some people are out there doing things. Some people are just, you know, not just, people are living a sober life mm -hmm. and they're, they're given their journey that's really where getting back to zero is. And, and also there's a Facebook private community along with it. 
Then with Sober Approved, it was funny. Jeff and I were talking one day. We, we actually, Jeff and I live about four hours away from each other. We met halfway in between to finally meet each other in person. And we're talking about like what we would do with Instagram and all of this. And I kept saying, well, I feel like we're sober approved. We're like sober approving people. Like as they come in, like he had a dietitian, uh, you know, this or that. And, that. and I'm like, I don't know what to call it. And Jeff just looks at me and he's like, how about sober approved? And I'm like, well, how about sober approved? So, you know, the goal was sober approved. Although it's my name kind of on there, it's really a Jeff and, you know, it's a, it's kind of an extent, like to me, it's the umbrella of getting back to zero. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do underneath it is kind of however it grows grassroots, but to create a space where I feel like there's a lot of people doing entrepreneurial stuff or, you know, like just some amazing stuff like you or Jill from Sober Powered, the scientist, Katia, um, who's in our group, she has been doing some journaling workshops, um, creative writing workshops. You know, whoever it is just promoting Better Roads is mm -hmm. a alcohol-free um, curating company. I've had Billy, um, the bartender, um, the alcohol-free bartender on. So just kind of, we're just trying to show, basically it's the sober full life under Sober Approved, you know, where we mm -hmm. can... We, we can go so deep, you know, that like, I think a lot, and I know for me, I thought life was over, you know, like I was like, I can go to the same people, places and things. And now I feel like I have this endless opportunity. And like, so that's kind of like you sober approved. And if you ask Jeff and I, it's like the big umbrella getting back to zero is one of, one of the stokes. And we're just kind of building it as we go. And as we see, you know, people, you know, coming together. I, you know, my goal in talking with a lot of women, I just, in, in going into my second year, now in my second year, what I'm seeing is it's kind of like, okay, I've gotten past the drink. I've gotten some skills. Now what? Right. You know, and like for you, like your community is kind of my now what is what I feel like I'm going to a deeper level. And I want to start a community the now what with in, in the worth and working on our worth and working on the, the breadcrumbs for, for the next part of, of the junior. So almost like emotional sobriety, the second level is the community that I plan to build um, within because I, you know, I'm really seeing a need for yeah. a, a lot of people saying I got past my first year. I don't have the urges. I don't have the things. Yeah. But what does that mean? And what I see is that there's a lot of classes out there that you can pay thousands and thousands of dollars for to see what the now what. What I want is I never want to lose my toe or my foot in remembering what it's like at the beginning. I will always be part of a community that is you know, has the person who's in their first day, their first 30 days, because I need to rem I'm a quick forgetter, so I need to be there for that. But I want to start a community of the next level sobriety. So that's kind of my own personal thing that I will be launching in the next, you know, soon. I'm working on it, but I, you know, you know, kind of putting it together as I go as well. So it's nice because there's a lot of grassroots to this. And I love that. I love the freedom of that and letting myself try things on and saying, yeah, that doesn't fit, you know, and that again was not the old Kathy. It was like, you committed to this, you're doing this no backing out. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't work. And, you know, after trying a little bit, but making sure that I'm not cowering out um, because I'm doing negative self-talk at the same time. So trying to you know, strike a balance. So I don't know if any of that made yeah. sense, but that's kind oh. of where we're at at this point. 
Completely. And I feel like this is like a huge thing is like, you know, people get through their initial sobriety and then there's just a question of like, you know, what is, there's like a deeper question, right? It's like when you remove alcohol, you're not just removing alcohol. There's like, you're like, there's a hole and a void and you're kind of looking into yourself and figure out like, what, who am I? What is here, you know, underneath all that shape shifting, you know, <laughs> who am I once right. I get rid of the TV? <laughs> <laughs> TV's gone. That's still not made. What's going on here? But I journal and I have a morning routine. (laughs) (laughs) You're halfway there. Oh, that's amazing. And I think the other thing, you know, like with Jeff and I, we've had a lot of humor. You know, we have laughed a lot at, and I don't remember laughing. Like genuinely, like when you, you struck me when you said, Alex, like you were hanging out with people who were like, let, about our nails, about it. That was the mommy wine culture too. Like, what is your kid doing? And, you know, what? It, what I owned a college counseling consulting thing. So my poor children were like, you know, the expectations for them and what they were doing and, you know, you know, how I looked, what we looked like, all of that was so important to me. You know, that to me, that was like proving that, the divorce did nothing to me, you know, like, you know, to us, we are better. We, I would put on a good front with my ex in front of everyone. Da, 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 da. And, you know, just the whole f- facade over and over and over again. And, you know, it's just so freeing not to have that facade. I live in a small two little bedroom apartment that I made a little yoga studio over here. And like, I love my simple little life and I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So I have one more question for you. I'm wondering, um, well, two, first, if our listeners can find you, um, or they want to find you, where can they find you on social media, on the internet? So awesome question. So on Instagram, um, you can find me at sober approved. Okay. And then two ways on Facebook. One way is getting back to zero um, with, you know, I I call it Jeff's community. I mean, you know, Jeff will say it's a we, but Jeff really started it. So getting back to zero and back is B-A-C with the number two and then the word you write out zero. I have my own account called Funnier at Your House, which is really kind of what I'm going to do with the community out there. And I actually was that on Instagram. So I'm kind of struggling with how I'm going to, you know, get back to that. But many, many, when I was little, I grew up in a family across the street from us. There were seven children. We had seven children. And Mrs. Sip would come over every morning and have coffee and a cigarette with my mom. And we always knew when she was exiting the house because she would scream as she was going, this this loud Irish woman, although she married an Italian, she would walk out with a raspy voice saying, Barb, it's always funnier at your house. And she closed the door. And so it's so true. It always looks easier at somebody else's house. It always looks so I had started many years ago as a college counselor, the title funnier at your house um, on Facebook. And it was funny. Some guy in one of my communities is like, Hey, I found the blog that you wrote in 2014 about it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that still existed. But now it's become more like, that's where I promote like all the silver stuff that I'm doing. And that's the the community that, you know, I want to grow um, that will eventually become a, a private community. So that's where I'm at on Facebook. But I always like to give the story because people are like funnier at your house. What does that mean? So that's why I'm like, I don't know if I, you know, that's what I want to call the community. We'll see what happens. But so that's a long winded answer to your simple question, as usual. (laughs) That's perfect. I love it. I love hearing the context of that. 
So um, I'll put those links in the show notes and then people can follow you. And I know, of course, you're really integrated into the Mindful Life practice already. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners already have met you or know you or can find you in the WhatsApp group. So awesome. I love it. I love, love, love. I love it because, you know, I'm on a different time zone that, you know, we all are. But I love waking. There's nothing more joyful after I've done my morning practices, like opening up that WhatsApp and just like all the, I love you. You're doing great. You know, that is like so awesome. Like it is like now my new thing. It's, it's great. Which again, in sobriety, who knew these would be the new things you'd look forward to. I love it. Totally. I completely agree. Happens every morning. Wake up to all these messages because there's classes happening through the night and I'll wake up and it's so wonderful. It's, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's just so cool. I love, I just love the international, you know, there's just something so powerful about us all, I feel like we, even though it's virtual, we're all like holding hands and like in this circle together. And I just feel so empowered. That's the word I think of when I think of your 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 community. It's just so empowering as a sober woman and sober community. You know, like I love that we got Jeff in it too. You know, yeah. Mr. Like I'm a football player because I was like, Jeff, I, I promise you it's a safe place. And, you know, you just, and you have men in there. And I just think it's just so empowering. I, I love it. Ah, thank you. (laughs) All right. I have one more question for you. Sure. What advice would you give to someone who wants to quit alcohol, wants to start a sober journey? What would you say? I would say, you know, again, I'm going to steal what Michelle Smith said to me at the end of the show that I had with her plug in, you know, there's podcasts like yours there, but also I think now there's enough sober communities out there that get on, just put your, you know, don't put your face on, just listen. And maybe tell one person that you, if you know one person who has made it to the other side, share it with them if you feel safe, you know, but, but start plugging in and start getting, the biggest thing I think, if I would look back is to look at myself with curiosity and not judgment. And if I would have started like writing down and like you know journaling, I didn't, that was the thing. I never journaled. I was scared to death. Somebody was going to find what was in my head um, in that crazy attic, as I would call it at the time. And I would just say, get curious, give yourself some grace and get curious, but not judgmental. Cause you know, you would do, you would do the same for anybody else. Do that for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so nice. Curious, not judgmental. And that's such a, you know, uh, one of the fundamental things about yoga is too, is just being curious about what's going on in like a compassionate, non-judgmental way. Right. Right. And I I just, I did not love myself. I, I hated, you know, I really had a lot of shame, a lot of hatred of what I was doing. You know, if I would have just given myself just a little bit of love sooner, you know, and open myself up to, to loving myself. You know, anybody Mm -hmm. could have put love on me, but I wasn't accepting it. I didn't think I deserved it. And I can guarantee whoever is listening, you deserve it. And as you allow yourself to deserve it and realize this is an addictive substance and it's not about willpower, you are not weak. You know, this is an addictive thing and you are not weak. You, you know, you, you just have a, a brain that is addicted to something and there is a way out. Yeah. Oh, 
Wow, those are powerful words to end on. Thank you so much, Alex, for this opportunity. I just love you and this community so much. I'm so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful to have found you too. I think we were 100% meant to meet and I know that we're going to meet in real life soon. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Me too. All right, Kathy, um, I will thank you so much for being on the show and I'm sure I will see you very soon in yoga again and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.